every Sunday. I was super hungover for it every day, <laughs> but it was like what I knew because it was it was Broadway. Sure. And I would just like educate the children of Ithaca and be like, "This is what you all need to know." But it was like, and it was in a setup like this. It was so fun. I oh, fun! It, it yeah. was like in a house. It would no, it would no, no, no. It was in a, it was in the Park School of Communications in like a radio station. It was like so dope. I loved it. That's it so, sick. But it was a setup like this. It was the. I feel like I'm hosting. Uh, Made you feel legit. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety-one point seven WICB, best of Broadway. Michael here, <laughs> musical Michael. That's what I call myself. Musical Michael. Oh, God. This episode has two Michaels in it. Yeah, it does. Which is great. I always like meeting another Michael. I lo- yes. Do you have nicknames? You know what? People always ask, can I call you Mike? Or yeah. should I call you Mike? Sure. And I say, well, no. I mean, I said my name's Michael. Yeah, there you go. Right. But do you, ha- do you have um, nicknames like for the close people? Some or? people call me Mick. Ooh. One person calls me Mick. Okay. Shout out, J-Robs. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Um, so I let him get away with it. And then it was kind of like that thing where because he's cool and I let him get away with it, the nickname kind of grew on me over time. I love that. Okay. Yeah. I, I had Mikey for the longest time. Yeah. And my professor at Ithaca actually was like, Kushner, it's uh, time to get rid of Mikey. And like <laughs> made me start getting called Michael. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like crazy. You like you, hated it. Did you have an, you had re- rejection to that or hesitation to that? Um, no, I he just hated Mikey. Oh, he hated I, Mikey. I like my name, so it was fine. But it, how Mikey happened was my friends. I had a group of older friends when I did theater growing up, and they called me Mikey. And then like every time I would go to a new place, like. And I had to make new friends because I was like, started a new school or I started like my sleepaway camp or I started like this. I had at least one person from the previous step of life come with me in that moment. Interesting. So they knew me as Mikey and then would be like, so Mikey, blah, blah, blah. And then those friends would be like, oh, your name's Mikey. And that's how it kind of hmm. took it. It, it, um, it went with me from seven years old to college. Because that's just how it happens. You know what? That that principle of like people knowing you and then if they if you move or try to change the moment momentum of your life and then they come in and just remind you and everyone else and everything else around you, like it you kind of are like that part of you or your past is illuminated or brought to the surface. It's like you're starting all over again. Or it's or it's kind of just like, okay, well, I mean, I guess maybe my story can't really escape me. Right. It's it's interesting. It's a reminder of like who know, who knows me and who is like getting to know me. Right. Because you know I've been in the city for six years, hmm. and so a lot of people call me Michael, and I'm like, you know me from this chapter on. But if someone says Mikey, I'm like, you know me, you know, from here, 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 here. When I used to talk with a New York accent. What you know what I mean when I used to have my like Justin Bieber haircut? Like I'm you like, used to talk with a New York accent. I'm originally from Long Island, and I was raised in Fort Lauderdale, and I wasn't talking until I was three, and so I learned to talk from my parents, and <laughs> like I would say a word, and it got it literally it, it got me attention because people would be like, "Wait, say that again," 
And so I think what happened was I like it set me aside from everyone else, and I loved that. And I kind I don't think I like egged it on or made it more than it was, but I did like I really embraced it. And so I used to talk like this. I used to talk like a sixty-seven-year-old Jewish woman. Sure. Yeah, and like yeah, and it you know got attention. People liked it. People thought I was funny. Blah blah blah. And then I went to Ithaca, and the same professor was like, you can't talk like that anymore. It's not marketable. It's not mature, blah, blah, blah. And so with IPA training and with voice and speech mm-hmm. training, like mm-hmm. now I talk like this. <laughs> a bit closer to stage standard. Yes, yes, yes. Just yes. Uh, not transatlantic, but just, you know, middle of the road. Yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. funny. It's... I. I, I actually train um, some friends on their auditions based on what a proper Jewish uh, Yiddish accent is like because people go into Brooklyn, people go into the Bronx, but what is the Yiddish Jewish accent? There's a difference. So it's, you know, people think, oh my God, and it's not. It's, oh my God. It's that. It's, it, and then... But it, and then it, other other words float into there that we think are the aw sound, but they're not. They're actually the opposite. So you know, I come in handy once in a while. It's like the specific <laughs> things. It's the specific um, the exceptions to the rules. Yes, that you you know that you hear a different dialect and you think, yeah. oh, so every time they say an aw sound, it sounds like aw. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, that's not always the case. Right. And the people that live there and grew up there use it in the appropriate ways, and so you're sticking out by using it every single time. Yeah. I had a voice and speech uh, coach that got that detailed with uh, A View from the Bridge Mm -hmm. by Arthur Miller. Yes. I was Eddie Carbone. I don't know why, because I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not Italian. Where, where, I'm where not was Italian this? American. Where was this? This was done. This in was in in school. That's why, because that's the time to kind of sure feel. And I learned a lot, and it yeah. was a really good experience. Fun play, fun role to play. Yeah. Um. But you know, it just wasn't. I'll never play that role again. Type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was really fun, and it's so. There's a difference between remembering the times to change the rule, and and getting comfortable with the musicality that's behind the dialect, you know, or the, the regional dialect. Yes. And you kind of you have to learn the song. I don't know if you've seen the Fiddler revival, the one in, y- in Yiddish. I haven't. It's so good, mainly because they're not just speaking in Yiddish, but they understand the musicality of the the speech of the speech i'm not talking about the songs i'm talking about the dialogue and the book and it is listening to jackie hoffman who is from great neck which is where i'm from Mm -hmm. and like our like parts of our you know what like my mom knows someone that hung out with her blah 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 jackie hoffman um she uh the, listening to her conversational Yiddish, it's so honest and it's so authentic. It's like listening to my grandparents talk it, and it's because of the musicality. It's because of the 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 way that certain phrases are are written. You know, um, I, there's one Yiddish phrase that my 
that my grandma always says because it's like a family inside joke, but it's Habnish Medal and Megiddle and Veda. You know, it has it has a da 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 yeah and that's yiddish is musical yiddish is yeah and so and the the jewish accent is musical yeah and that's why i think it's it's also um a lot of our comedians uh, you know from the 60s 70s mm-hmm. uh the jewish comedians oh are, interesting like mel brooks alan sherman yada 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 that's why their jokes land because they know the musicality and then they yeah, if it's on if it's if it's on the rhythm, it's on the beat, yeah. it's gonna land. Yeah, it's gonna hit. Yeah. It's yeah. gonna slap. It's so as good. The, as the kids say. It's gonna slap. Um, you know what? What what were you you just said something that sparked a memory that I had. But I um that. um what who is the the woman that you were naming? Woman I was naming. Jackie, Jackie Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah. What's her? What, who is she about? What is she? Jackie about? Hoffman is a Broadway legend. She did Xanadu on Broadway. She um, uh, she was on Difficult People in, in uh, on, on Hulu. She's done so. She's done so much over the years. She's Whoa. she was Grandmama in the Adam in Adam's Family on Broadway. I mean, she's done so much. She's a musical theater comedy legend, um, and she is playing. Uh, She's playing. Who the hell is she playing? Um, not Golda. She's playing. Um, Yenta. Yenta. Yenta yes. the matchmaker. Yes, Yenta the matchmaker, and she comes on stage and she says her lines and she's talking like this in the Yiddish and it just but it just she just does it and yeah. it's so funny. It's so good. Oh my gosh, I'm making a lot of connections now because you just re-explained that and yep. it reminded me. And also your tattoo matches yep. our lamp, which you called out earlier. Yes, I got it. Yep, that's dope. Yep. The connection was I just started, and I we said this earlier before we were recording. I started studying the martial art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I want to hear more. Well, it's very, very interesting, and it's taken over my life in a lot of surprising ways, very healthy ways, and also some very challenging ways. But um, they speak with. It, it's basically if you close your eyes and you listen to them, it sounds like they're singing. Mm-hmm. Straight up, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. I love that. Yeah, and it's like that's not something that I can. I don't think I can acquire. Like uh, the, I can probably learn the, the language and like uh, affect my tongue in ways that mm-hmm. make certain sounds, but I won't be able to sing it. So you know, music is like it's very. It's I think it's so much more important in, in everything we do than we think. Um, it connects us all as human beings. I mm-hmm. I once I once uh, found myself with Tyne Daly, and I had just seen her in master class. I saw her do it on Broadway and the West End, and I was riveted by that freaking performance. I thought she was amazing, and she. Um, I was talking to her about the performance, and she didn't want to hear my compliments. All she did was want to connect, and she. Li- I was like, "You were so fabulous," blah, blah, blah. and she goes, "Listen, I just heard this quote. What do you think about it?" All life is trying to be art, and all art is trying to be music. Isn't that fabulous? And I literally was like, I was going through a moment where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm the college thought. I was like, getting, I'm whoring myself on stage and not really connecting because I'm doing shit that I don't like. And uh, yeah. I just feel like a big puppet and I'm in my head. I don't know what I'm doing. And then she said that, and I felt so much more connected 
because music is truly the end all be all. It's it's gets us all it gets everyone on the same wavelength. It has us all feeling the same thing in an instant. At the same time. At the same time. But it's also still individual to your experience. Hundred hundred in your perspective and your filter of how you how you view and move through this world. And like what you were saying, there's music there's music in everything we do. You right. know what I mean? In in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Even in the interruptions. Yes. It, it reminds me of that pretty shitty movie August Rush where it's like that <laughs> it's like bling and dang it don't don't the boy and he like hears the car bus like the car horns and he's like rant, rant. I hear the music in that finger to go but the wow it's like these crazy harmonics. Yes that's is that, that reminded a, me a of real story of Tyne Daly? Which one? August Rush. August Rush? Which one is that? He's like because a kid who like is an orphan or something and and like finds a guitar starts like messing around with it and oh, realizes okay. that he can do like crazy stuff. With is that, that it's, that's not the one that just came out with the like abusive music teacher, mentally no, abusive music teacher. No, that? that one was with, um, yeah, the, I'm the not, guy from, I'm not good with names. I'm not good with movies. Like I oh, was, you're good with theater. S- someone asked me, my friend, my friend, uh, my client today, um, mm-hmm. was like, what movies do you know? And I said, Titanic, Mary Poppins, Twister, and History of the World Part 1. Those are like my four movies. <laughs> Twister is on that list. Dude, okay. Twister, that scene where they're in the diner with the coffee and the bubble gum. I think about that scene so much. Coffee and the bubble gum? Yeah. Bubble gum? This is when they're, um, they just, they're, they're like starting to amp up and chase the tornadoes again. <laughs> Maybe I don't know it that well. Bubble gum? Uh, no, it's, it was one of the... The 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 um what do you call it idiosyncrasies uh-huh. of one of the characters Helen uh-huh. Helen Hunt Helen yeah. Hunt's yeah, yeah, yeah. character I forget her name yeah in the in the, in the Catherine is it when she's trying to know. sign the the papers yes yeah okay okay and she has all that fucking bubble gum in that hot coffee in that diner and they're like chase they chase tornadoes like I thought they were they were the coolest people ever all right now I'm gonna just rewatch it from those eyes because like I. I don't know. I don't. What are what are the things that like? I think the music in that movie is like really thrilling to me because yeah. it's like super lonely um, sounding rock. Yes, that I don't listen to, but it really informs the story and like where and we the are time. and the time. It's the nineties. It was yeah. like ninety five. Philip something. Seymour Hoffman's like low key in it. Anthony Rapp is in it. Original Rent. Uh, original Mark in Rent. It's like such a, I know, it's like a weird cast, Bill Paxton. Strong cast. Strong cast. But I will tell you what yeah. I do know, and that is Titanic. Ooh, can I be honest with you? I saw that a little too young. I was with my mom. Mm-hmm. So the sex scenes were weird. <laughs> and I also thought about my mom drowning. And it was like a weird combo yeah. of weird sex stuff and my mom, like envisioning my mom drowning. Yeah. And it was like... Overwhelming. You shouldn't have me here. You should have Freud here. I should. Yeah. But that movie sticks out to me as like, uh, I don't really watch it. <laughs> yeah. So that's historical because what I took from that was my my gay ass was like, I have to perfect that handprint yeah. in the sex scene in the car. You know, when he when she yeah. slaps boom. Yeah. It's slap up a little, spread the fingers, and go down. You're right. Yeah, I loved it. Whoa. That's what I was paying attention to. Homosexual right here. Ben, can you, <laughs> can you look up that video? 
Yeah. Of the boom. Yeah. Just to search Titanic handprint. I kind of want to be put back in that place. It's for amazing. A but like I saw it four times in the theater when I was seven. Um, I was so obsessed with it that my, uh, my first grade teacher um, made me research another um, shipwreck because I couldn't stop talking about it. Um, turns out later on in life, I discovered that like I was on the ship in a past life and I was just having like a super crazy connection. Now, are you one of the people that say things like that because it's funny? No. Or do you believe? That- 100%. Okay. I have not landed in either camp. Yeah. Well, I guess there might there are several camps, but let's boil them down to three. You believe that type of shit, you don't, or you're somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I'm kind of like always just kind of going in between all three of them. Sure. I don't know. I've had weird experiences where I'm just playing a guitar and someone comes up to me and they're like, I was a Persian king or whatever in a past life and they don't know what we've been through and they like recognize me and yep. they come up to me and talk to me. And then they give me like two cigarettes when at the time, like, I was smoking and, like, I had run out or something and it would just be weird and coincidental. And I'm like, yeah. what? Um, so what I have to say about that is I consider that to be a ghostly experience. So I very much believe in ghosts and I believe that we all have ghost experiences 24-7 all the time. Um, and we put them off as uh, coincidence and so when we do that, we have less and less and less because we shelf them and we go, I, I can't, I'm not going to really like invest in that. But really what's happening are we're getting signs and we're getting visits from energy. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. So where the hell does it go? I mean, it's still, there. It, it's present, it's palpable, it's everywhere. But the, it comes in very specific times and places and, uh, and moments like, um, like the Titanic thing, it follows me wherever I go in my life. Mm. Like there will always be a reminder, a connection of the Titanic yeah. all the time. Yeah. But more, I mean, like m- one of my the coolest things was my grandpa visited me in a way that I've, I haven't seen anyone since I was about three. I think when I was three years old, I saw someone. But when I say ghostly experience, they're, they're not... Um, it's not like the gray Victorian lady that shows up in room 318. It's not like that. It's, it's a presence. It's a sensation. It's a, it's a, uh, it's almost like a downloading of information. I'm an empath. So I can like, I can like download people's energies as they come into the room. Um, happens with my clients all the time, but, um, Hmm. the really open ones, I will, um, have people, uh, visit, um, I had one client where I was shooting her and I literally went, who's your third grade teacher? And she literally looked at me dead in the face and like started to well up. And she's like, that's Mrs. Whatever her name was. And Whoa. she started to, um, uh, she started like choke up and, um, I was, and she was like, she's the reason why I do what I do. She's why I'm in theater. She's, you know, she is why I'm standing right here. Blah, blah. And she went on. And then I was kind of waiting for it. And then she was like, and she recently just passed away. And I was like, she's here. She's chilling with you. She's just checking in. But I didn't see anyone, didn't. Like, there's no reason why I would have known. It was just this, like, weird, like, burp almost. This, like, who's your third grade teacher, by the way? (laughs) And it happens a lot where I will just kind of go, uh, 
hey, this I I I'm, I just have this question to ask you for some reason. I don't really know what it is. Um, my favorite my favorite story was when my as I was saying before it was when my grandfather visited me in this very cool way. We used to have this summer house in Sag Harbor, um, and we loved it. I mean, we got ri- my family got rid of it when when I was eight, but it was built in 1692 and known as the five times moved house. It was like moved literally five times. So I did this shoot in Huntington, Long Island. I shot muggles out there, non-theater folk, because a friend connected me with it, and it was really good money. It was like literally like two months of rent in one shoot, and I was like, fine, I'll do Damn. it. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And I was like, fine, I'll do it. So I, I walk in, and there's this woman there, and I was like, I know you. There's something about you I know. I, 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 we'll, I'll, we'll figure it out. So I'm shooting, I'm talking to her, shooting, talking to her. And finally, she looks at my tattoo on my forearm, and she goes, is that Mary Poppins? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, she always leads me in the right direction. That's why she's, she's there. She's like, you know, Julie Andrews has that theater where I'm from. And I was like, are you from Sag Harbor? And she was like, yeah, I was born and raised there. And I was like, no, my God, no way. My family had a summer house there. And she was like, that's, that's so crazy. Where was it? And I was like, you might know it. It's a very famous house. It's known as the Five Times Swift House, built in 1692. And she was like, let me see a photo of it. And I showed her a picture of it, and she literally, not to bring Titanic back into this, but when Rose finds out that the ship has two and a half hours at most, and she does the hand-to-mouth, it's basically what we both did, and uh, it was her house. I never get goosebumps, yeah. and I have them. Yeah, it was insane. She had it, The she grew up in it, the owners before we we took it, you know, the owners that we got it from. And, uh, yeah, so she, so I FaceTime, yeah, I FaceTime my mom immediately being like, you know, that's when the accent comes back. It's when I'm passionate or drunk. Hmm. And, um, that's when my Southern accent slips. Drunk or passionate Passionate Passionate. or drunk. Intoxicated. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Of anything. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. And I was like, I got on FaceTime and I learned, you never believe what just happened. And uh, my mom is an esthetician. This woman is an esthetician. And uh, this woman has a gay son and my mom has a gay son. So like there were all these connections with this, with this woman that I like sensed upon like entering the space. And it was just my mom and I agreed that it was like my grandfather just being like, hey, like pre- because he loved the house and I, it was his way of checking in. We, you know, how do you justify it other than just like, it's kind of where the theatricality comes in. You go, why did that happen? I don't know. I, I feel like maybe it was grandpa Myron saying something, you know what I mean? Which is kind of uh, yeah. cool. That is very strange. People get really, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you didn't. People get really afraid of experiences like that. And I'm just trying, I think what I'm just trying to say is to, embrace them and to just you know you don't need to explain you could just say wow that was insane and why have whatever reason that happened like thank you i hear you and moving on i guess just remaining open yeah 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 open to not even like not not even looking for confirmation bias which i think a lot of people mistake as being open yeah it's like, well, you're not actually open. You're looking for experiences that you can draw connections to. Sure. It, truly being open is just like experiencing it and letting it be what it is. Yeah. 
And um, maybe you'll make a connection d- way down the road. You know, maybe the connection never quite comes together. Maybe it's just like you're immediate. You're just like a vessel yeah. for a moment. And that's how it, you know, that's, I think as artists, we're just vessels anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like, like some of my best shit comes when I'm like, wait, what did I just do? Yeah. Wait, what's this track? Or like, wait, I don't remember anything from that scene. Yeah. You know, and everyone's like, whoa, that scene hit, as the kids say. Yes, I, I like that. S- that scene slapped. I'm going to steal that. You should. I'm going to steal it. It's succinct, and it gets to the point. That scene hit. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, uh yeah, being a being a vessel is it's super important just to like, you know, we don't we never we can start the the impulse of a project and we never know like like my photography. Hmm. I didn't know it was going to be like what what it is like now. what it is now. I really just started taking photos of people in college for $50 basically to get me vodka. Like, you know what I mean? I paid yeah. for my bottle of vodka that week. You yeah. know, I'm, t- I'm speaking honestly. It was my senior year, and it was like my, you know, spending money. And I would get my bottle of vodka, and that was what it was. But then, like, people were like, oh, you need to, this is, you know, this, you need to do this. So I was like, all right, it'll be my survival job when I'm in the city. Sure. <laughs> and it, and it, um, it proved to be a, uh, my, my expectations were much different than the actual reality that would come out of it. And that's, you know, huh. bringing it back to what we were just talking about, staying open. Staying open. Yes. Not, not even necessarily chasing a certain, like, career or a certain expectation Yeah, of, like, I'm going to go here and be this. It's like, how about you just do you, do it well, listen to what's happening around you. And Where were you six years ago? Like, how did your expectations change? Six years ago. Yeah. So six years ago, I think I was, whoa. Because I'm coming six up on six years, years ago. I, I said six because I'm, I'm six years in the city. So like six years, like where were you? Like what were your expectations? Like what were you going through? So I think I was a six years ago. Shit. <laughs> I think I was a. God is in the details. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God is in the unexpected. Yeah. And the unplanned. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I like that phrase. Yeah. That helps too. me wrap my mind around the concept of God a little better. Sure, that is. But that is to answer whole... your question because I could talk about that. Too. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you are right now. This conversation and just your energy is like a theme park, and there are so many rides, dude. I'm like, I don't know which one to go on it because I meet the height requirement for all of them, and I want to go. I'm obsessed with that. That's hysterical. I love that. I'm stealing that too. I've been to Six Flags twice in the past month. So six flags <laughs> and six, six years. years ago. There you go. Six. I had to say it three times because yeah. we just said six, six, six. Right. The number of the beast. I know. Anyway. What does that mean? I think I was um, a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. My second time being a sophomore yep. in college. I was also, this was around the time I think. Yeah, six years ago, I think. I was also preparing or getting married or was newly married. Mm -hmm. This was the way... I don't do calendars very well. Sure. But I do remember, like, chunks of time. Leave it to the Mayans. Right. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. They predicted the end of the world a while ago. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? They weren't too off because I think we're experiencing it. Sure. Right now. (laughs) 
you know what? You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. I think, but I feel like every generation says that. Yeah, you know, you you're a kid and you don't realize you think your parents are talking gibberish because they're saying that, and then you grow up and you see what the youth are doing. I literally lolled, like, shat my pants laughing because I heard, uh, I heard like just this clip from a podcast that was totally out of context. It was the it was like the wrong clip or something, but it was like young kids and like them acting out and listening to loud music and then just the whole symphony that yeah. they provided was hilarious to me. And I was like, <laughs> what? I literally I, I was drying off in the mirror and I looked at myself and I go, what the fuck <laughs> is happening? What world do we live in? Yeah. So yeah, there there I was six years ago. Anyway, and I thought I was like, I was like balls deep into acting. Yeah. I was at at Marymount. Yeah. Um, And I had a really great career there. I liked it. You know, I I I met really good people. Mm -hmm. Um, They were good friends to me while I was there. And, um, And I was like really liking acting. Mm-hmm. It lit my flame. Yeah. Like it was not never a problem for me to go to school. Yeah. Um, which was like if I was gonna go to college, which to me, in my mind, that seemed like the right option. I needed to study something that I that would excite me to mm-hmm. go every day because maybe I could study something that would be more practical. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not excited, like it, it just seems like a waste of time. And right. I, knowing myself, I would probably quit. So I took other courses while I was there, but acting was my shit. And um, I was like, damn, two more years, and then I'm going to be out in the field. Right. So I was like, you know, linking up with my homies mm-hmm. and like saying stuff like, can't wait to work with you, man. See you out there, you know, good work, good show, break legs, all that stuff. Really liked it. And then, so here I am now. But I've been doing a lot of stuff um, in between. It's just been a lot of, um, I like to say, building a toolkit. Yeah. Where I'm like finding out. I heard this on a different podcast where the best athletes growing up, they just kind of do all the things, all the sports. Yeah. And then when they're older, they settle on one. Yeah. Maybe it's one they've been playing the whole time, but they dabble. Yeah. And so I feel like as an artist, it this is kind of like martial arts as well. It's everyone's own journey. You blossom at different times. Yeah. Maybe it's the the process of blossoming that is the blossom itself, which I think is also a Japanese idea. But um I think it's a Suzuki idea. Yeah. Uh no, sorry. What's the Japanese theater? Um K- K- uh, uh, Kabuki. Kabuki. Kabuki, Thanks. right? Yes. Yeah, Kabuki Theater. I Kabuki a, Theater. So unfortunately, I, I did a production, a Kabuki-style production of Antigone in high school, unfortunately. What? Yeah, it wasn't. Did you direct it, or were you in it? I was in it. it. I played Tiresias, and we were, um, it was all white. Did you study Kabuki? Uh, no. Oh. Yeah. It was, are there clips? Um, there are photos. Ooh. Unfortunately, it's all white kids <laughs> doing kabuki style Antigone. It's really atrocious. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. Yep, we 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 learn our lessons. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. it's also high school. It, it's it's like, all good. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was Tevya. 
Yeah, fears. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, and that's a whole other conversation. That's it. That's that's a whole other conversation that I have um, a lot of feelings r- in regards to. But what yes. you were talking about regarding toolkit, I teach workshops on this, and I I call it multi hyphenating, and it's um it's multi multi hyphenating is the act of being an artist who has multiple proficiencies that cross pollinates help flourish professional capabilities. And I know it's like a lot of words, but basically it means you're an artist who does a lot of shit. And, (laughs) and it's like, and it's like an infinity. I look at it, not like a circle cycle, but like an infinity cycle. Hmm. And everything's folding in on itself. Yeah. And, and, and you never know when you're going to draw one thing to help the other. So basically I have my photography company and that income then helps me produce projects I'm passionate about or can be in. Hmm. You know what I mean? So um, I'm also on a few boards of like, of of companies that do a lot of exciting work. Like I'm working very closely with um, Sherry Sanders of Rock the Audition. Um, we're about to announce. I don't know when this is coming out, but um, we're about to announce um, Rock the Audition Coalition, where we um, are. Uh, it's almost it's like a tra- it's a it's like a linear training program for trans and non-binary artists where uh they uh, get trained um for free or a very 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 big discount with certain services and um uh so sherry trains them in with you know with uh styling musical styling and repertoire and stuff like that and and then we uh, pass them down to an artist that can help them live in their new body, and then and then they're passed down to me for for new headshots, and then you know so there's this big training program That's for a, a new tra- a new trans or non-binary artist, which is very exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so I I really like to do work in that aspect, and so my my producing brain and my photography brain then coincides and and joins forces in that, and that's what multi hyphenating yeah. is. To me, it's it's a it's an it's, active toolkit. It's that in action. I was just yeah. about to say that. Yeah. yeah, action. It's it's all it's about active. action. And sometimes it's not even knowing what you're doing. It's just getting people that trust your impulses and to like just do it. We just had a meeting because yeah. we're going through a rebranding. Yeah, and our designer was just. It was basically you're speaking. He's you know you're speaking through him or he's speaking huh. through you. I don't know so. what it is. I channel. You're just a vessel. You're channeling. Yes, vessel. Vessel. Yes, throwing it back. He's not dead, though, so it's not a... Well, Yeah. maybe it could be a ghost of that conversation following us over here. Yeah, I mean, remember, it is energy left, you know, left behind. It's That's what it is. It's energy or it's... Who knows? We might be connected in some sort of a way, like we might share the same birthday or we might share... Are you you barefoot? I'm barefoot. I'm barefoot. Yeah, there Ooh. you go. What, so what is your birthday? July 10th. Whoa, you freaked me the fuck out. Why? <laughs> Are you July? July 16th. Yeah, so yeah, we're, but we're that's cancers, weird. Yeah, at least. Yeah, we're cancers. Yeah. And in bioenergetics, I know, uh, do you know about bioenergetics? No. Okay. Please educate me. So I feel like you're going to, okay. So there's something I studied in college called, I just have to move my legs. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, no, it's okay. There's something um, that, it's, see, I, it's a kind of, it's dangerous for like 20 year olds to be studying. But at 28, it's a little better. But there's a, a study called bioenergetics and it's basically, it deals with um, energy flow and tension and 
uh, blocks from like the moment that we're born um, and how the how society like how everything around us in our environment environment like <sighs> makes makes that up so it's like the study is like very it's very negative which is why it's like dangerous and you're not supposed to self-diagnose yourself but leave it to a 20 year old and like of course you're going to self-diagnose yourself but it's like when you measured your dick for the first time yeah, i never girl. actually did it oh i have oh i tried to be like that guy who was like no nah, i don't do <laughs> no, it bro, it's not me yeah i'm not trying to peacock yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm obsessed with that yeah um, right I also, you got it or you don't. It doesn't you, matter if you know the number. No, it's true. It's like it's like wait. It's like you don't like. It's like you don't like weigh yourself anymore. It's it's in 2019. It's all about like if you if you feel you look good, then that's what matters, right? Like yeah. It's you know. Well, I also if you feel too. good, yeah. If you feel good, yeah. You probably look good. Yeah, exactly, and then that's all. That's all that really. That's all that really matters. I kind of interrupted you. But no, it's Do okay. you remember what you were saying? Yeah, I was going to talk about um, the, the way that they measure it. Um, yeah. Not, it's like not like a ruler to your dick like yeah, we yeah, did yeah. in middle school. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like it's more so um, star bodies. And it's like how we have like energy in our core and, and there are certain blocks in our uh, limbs, so like that's a rigid person, and then there's a masochist who. So there's oral rigid masochist psychopath and schizoid, mm. and I am an oral masochist with psychopathic tendencies, and they're all negative terms, but they don't mean like psychopath doesn't mean crazy. It's right. just psychopath means uh, you have bully psychopath and you have um, seducing psychopath, and there's a seducing sexual energy, or there's like a there's you know people that lead with their chest or bully or, or bully psychopaths and. So basically what we did was we used this to create and influence character work, but really a bunch of 20-year-olds were just like, it says that my mom loved me too much, and that's why I'm a masochist. And then you have like a nervous breakdown. Oh, boy. Or at least that was me. But it's a cool, um, but it's a cool study that people are able to like yeah. connect on at least a little bit. But um, well, I brought that up just because it's like, you know, it's it's... Uh, I feel like that's who knows. Maybe the person you're, uh, the person that you were talking about. Maybe yeah. we're both, uh, you know, oral masochists with psychopathic tendencies. Who maybe, knows? maybe that's what it is. When you say that, I'm like, yeah, it could be that. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> yeah, based on what you're saying, yeah, definitely. Sure, I love that. Um, what? My mind, and I don't mean to sound rude. <laughs> oh my but god, I could be a masochist with psychopathic tendencies. Okay. But my mind goes towards this. That sounds a little bit like <laughs> insane. A group of teens being like, "Let's do Ouija board." Yeah. So oh. then they do it, and then they're like, <laughs> "Yeah." And then you realize, "Oh no, that's actually a toy." Yeah. Okay. So then you think about what what is what makes a toy? Then it's just something a, a game with a set of rules that someone made. Yeah. And put on a piece of paper. Yeah. Maybe you have pieces to that game. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's. A belief system, yeah, but it's still a structured step, you know, yeah, a ladder, yeah, structure. It's whatever. a tool. It's, it's a tool, yeah. yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, then so is this bioenergy thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe everything is a tool. If we invest energy into it, then it is. Then it's, you know, we have. If we invest energy into anything, then we hope that it's going to get us to the next place, right? Like, 
That's why like we train. It's a tool to get us to the next place. That's why we record podcasts because it's we're putting in energy to get us to the next place to open yes. up conversation. That's why I take photos so I can get you know it's investing energy is is the basis for all that we do. And even though Hasbro produces, you know, it, what is it? Hasbro produces a Ouija board. It's still it is Hasbro. Yeah, it's like something like that. I think you said that because I said it. I said it wrong three times because we referenced this in another episode. We're Did making really? connections. Yeah, there you go. I said it wrong three times. He Ben corrected me after the episode, and then I think you just said it properly to is satisfy. Is it Hasbro? He's nodding his head. Yeah, nice, Hasbro. Dude. Thank so you. like years. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, that Venmo me. So, um, uh, <laughs> but like you know, we put that. It's it's Ouija is definitely like a tool. Uh, you don't want to fuck with it. That's the thing. It's like even, even though it's a toy, yeah, you okay. don't. It really, it really does let in negative. I had a really, really crazy experience with Ouija, and I have never ever fucked with it since. Can you share? Yeah. Um. In high school, I we found out we were at my friend's house, and we found out that she and she found out as well. Um. Had a sibling that died at birth. And had no idea about it. And we went downstairs and like confirmed with her parents. And her parents like told her right then and there that it was absolutely true. Yeah. In yeah, goosebumps. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. And so since then I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, knock it. Yeah, yeah. That's when you like close the box and you push it away. Yeah, yeah. You have yeah. to close it out properly and you have to like if it starts spinning on you, like that's like the sign of a demon and like all that jazz. Like you don't want to fuck with it. You really don't. So well, I mean, it's like okay, yeah, you don't want to fuck with theater. Theater's a <laughs> theater's a space where people come together. Yeah. Where otherwise, it's just a fucking it's a room, right? Yeah. But we bring meaning to it, hundred percent. And once we do that, you can't fuck with that. Yeah, you have to respect it because when people disrespect it, things can go really far south. It's a temple. Things can get messy. It's a temple, exactly. Things can get messy in a church. Things can get messy mm-hmm. in a family. Yeah, you know things can get messy in intimate spaces where people are coming together and actively like bringing meaning to it. People because without it, without me, us bringing meaning to this moment right now, yeah, it's three jabronis like maybe maybe a jabroni and two really handsome <laughs> other people. <laughs> Thank but, you. Yeah, I was talking about me and Ben. Oh, yeah, I haven't looked at myself in the mirror today. So. No, you look great. Thank you. Do you feel great? I feel great. But uh, like, if we weren't bringing okay. meaning to this, it's like. Yeah. What are we doing? Then? Sure, hundred percent. And 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 it's really, uh, you know, theater has become like um, super, uh, super important right now because we have a lot of there are a lot of stories that need to be told. One, for instance, one of my favorite things on Broadway right now is what the Constitution means to me, and she, I mean, breaks so many rules. And this is uh, Heidi Schreck. Um, breaks so many rules and creates such an amazing experience for the theater goer. It closes in August. It extended and it recouped. It's a big hit, but it was always a limited engagement. So if you have a chance to go see it, please go see it. But with the current political climate, you know, this show is super, super important because she brings light to um, a lot of things that's going on and how we're... um, and how we can just be different at the end of the play. There's a live, um, she brings, there are two, uh, two young girls, um, both of color that live in New York city. 
and they are not actors. They have, um, though they are on Broadway, they uh, studied um, debate and law and are going on to, you know, huge things. And what happens is she brings one of the, they alternate shows and then they have a live breathing um, debate whether or not they should abolish the constitution or keep the constitution. And they alter, they change their, their points of views every night. They'll like take, I'll do abolish tonight. I'll, I'll, you know, and so it's live and it's funny and it's, and the audience then has to vote on, on, who, who they side with. It is an amazing show. Huh. Yeah, it's so good. And you learn so much. You learn so you learn so much. They don't alienate anyone. It's just such a great show, and Heidi Shrek is absolutely brilliant. And it deals with with so much fam with the with uh family trauma and um and being a woman in today in today and yesterday's society, it's just it's a very fascinating show, and that's when theater gets super important for me. That's when it's like really special. good. And this is when I this is when I go to see theater because I love theater. Yeah, but I have a lot of issues with theater. Oh, so do I. And if I have issues with with something, I can't like fake that I that I don't. So yeah. I just like this is. I'll go to theater if there's recommendation. If yeah. the, if someone's been really, if they made a connection and they got, they were touched and changed, and mm-hmm. something about the piece truly spoke to them, and I can see that, I'll put it on my list. Yeah, you know. Or if Julie, my wife, if she recommends a show, or you know, because I trust her and her taste. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, but I'm not like a. I don't scout new shows and go see them. Do you do that? Oh yeah, I'm in. I'm in a very committed, long term relationship with theater. I love that. Yeah. I love that there are people that do that. Yeah, but I'm like at the point where it's like, yeah, no, it's what I do. I mean, it's it's it is my my business. I'm a theater artist. That's ultimately first and foremost what I am and what I do. Um, so I do go see everything, no matter mm-hmm. no matter. I I don't really read the reviews, but I just go. First of all, I love the theater cool. so much, so I like to be in a room where in twenty years I can go. Yeah, I saw that. I have every single playbill of every single thing that I've seen. Like I am a theater artist, and yeah. I love Broadway. Yeah, we I have love. a playbill basket. Yeah, you you know what it's like. I yeah. love I love Broadway. I love it. Yeah. So, you know, um, it is my I. I'm I get there. I get there and I and it's been my dream and it's a dream that I will never let go of is to work on Broadway. It's a dream I also think that will never let go of mm-hmm. the people that love it and need it because yeah. I was having this conversation with Ben when we were coming driving here. Yeah. It's like I feel like in many ways the New York that I moved to in my head hasn't existed for maybe 15, 20 years. Mm. But, mm-hmm. but maybe even more at this point. But like when you go to certain places, like the theater, mm-hmm. a place where we come together and bring meaning to something, you can be transported. Like that's like the energy there is, it's still there. The energy of all the shows that have been there, mm. like the energy of that show, then you are you're all together, you're viewing it with other people coming from different places. It's just such a powerful moment. So I was going to, because I know you have to go pretty soon. I mean, I'm, I'm good if you like want to keep going. I'm, I'm good. Okay, I want to keep going for a little bit. Okay, so I was, so I'll just, this is a good segue anyway. I wanted to ask you, I typically, 
start this episode with a cute question of the day which article of clothing am i removing first um can you start (laughs) with the baseball cap (laughs) we'll work our way straight down hat hair do you i do have hat hair yeah totally it's like not it's not pretty whenever people say that they take their hat off and i'm like like it looks great yeah well i'm a i was a biracial kid growing up in chattanooga tennessee Mm. and i looked at all the like white kids hair that where they could like flick it out of their face and i was like damn i want that what's that like well now i have it yeah and it's annoying as hell <laughs> i hate it it's so yeah. much upkeep so it is i usually start each episode with question of the day so i'm just gonna like throw it in there because because yeah, we just started talking. we're just open sorry about I'm, that. no i want yeah. this is this is what i want every episode to be like oh good thank Love you that. for being here thank you for i usually me. say that at the beginning too but we just started I so i want you to know that i'm very thankful thank you um, question of the day for you. Mm-hmm. I, I I went through a few, but this was the first one. And now after this conversation that we've had, where you just feel like you kind of like burp out like questions with mm-hmm. people, I'll just go with my first, okay. my gut in, instinct. Go. Okay. And now, especially knowing that we're both cancers and stuff, maybe our minds work in similar ways. Yep. Maybe I'm, yeah. Okay. So it's like, do you ever have moments that yes. are so powerful? <laughs> do you ever have moments? Yeah. Great. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Just Thank kidding. you. I usually make that joke. <laughs> oh, Pierce. Yeah, this yeah, is Pierce. Yeah. This episode it slaps, dude. Yes. Anyway, right. the mo- do you ever have moments where they're so like you're just you're you're just out, you're living your life, and they maybe they creep up on you, maybe you've planned it, maybe it's a special day, a special night, it doesn't matter. But you're so content that you're like, I need to remember this. Mm. And I think I saw this in a movie or maybe I saw it in a commercial or some TV show or something. But as a kid, I saw someone, I think it was a joke where this, a girlfriend was yelling like, um, remember this? Or she was like yelling at her boyfriend or something. And as a joke, he just kind of like got out an imaginary camera and chink, Mm. just to remember the moment. I think he shook a Polaroid and put it in his pocket. It's cute. And she like, yeah, they either kissed or slapped. It's always about fucking fighting or whatever. Mm, three Fs. Fucking fighting. Fucking fighting or farting. Mm, yes, fierce. Just let it out. <laughs> Do you ever have moments where you take, like, a picture in your mind so that you can, like, go back to that time or at least try? Where you're like, I don't want to forget this. Boom. Yeah, actually, it's something my boyfriend and I both do. Um, we love to travel and we love to, you know, we're both always, um, we're, we're both artists and we're both always like searching the good moments. You know what I mean? And yeah. he actually does the, he does that. He does that. He does it. When, okay. Like, so what are some of your most memorable, maybe give me one, one to three, one to three. Mine always have to do with groups of people. Community, community, community environment. It's, it's it, when people are happy around me. That's when I'm the happiest. Mm. It's a cancer thing for me. I'm emotional and sensitive and all that stuff. Um, it's when I have. It's it, it it's always based around um, people. I actually, what's so funny is I do have moments of that, but I'm. I'm always trying to will things into existence because I do believe in manifesting. So as present as I try to be, I also have like my ideal life in my mind and a lot and I have 
I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this, knock on wood, but I have achieved a lot of goals of mine. But, hmm. uh, but before I go to bed is I, I can't leave the floor and get in a bed without a good thought in my mind. Like I have to end the day with like a good thought. And it's, um, it's like, it's my, it's my house. The recently it's been the house that I want to buy and like seeing it, like seeing it like flooded with my puppy and my boyfriend and my family and friends and like creating stuff there. It's like all in one big memory and it hasn't even happened yet, but that's the moment where I go, you know what I mean? That's, that's what I kind of over and I'm I'm trying to manifest that as much as possible. So it hasn't even happened yet, but like I try to like, that's the one that I, that's the thing that I see every day. A huge thing is you just interrupt because I have to, please. You just answered what is usually my closing question. <laughs> really? Yeah. Which yeah. is if you look back on today with like a, oh, remember the days? Like when if you have a goal. Yeah. Or like a something where you're like, oh, man, I would be content. What what does that look like? It's and, definitely sitting on like the back porch with like like yeah. having like a full week of shoots or like my the show, my show on Broadway or like whatever. And like like going there on my day off or like, you know, it's my vacation house, but like sitting there with my puppy and like my friends and my family and just being like, that was good. All right, let's do, let's do our next week. You know, just, just having, having that, that's very important to me. But yeah, the moment, uh, the, the moments coming back from shows or like specifically working in the theater, like working hard, like I, I could tell whether or not that it was a success by how I came home. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and sometimes I would like fight to put on a good show just for that moment afterwards to come home and to like be content that you did that with the people that you love. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wrote a one man show that I did, um uh God, I wanna say it was last year. It was crazy. Wow, yeah, a year and a half ago. Hmm. It's called Moo With Me and it was about when I photographed Adina Menzel, who was my everything. And um, I was feeling artistically starved a little bit with the performance thing because, you know. And um, and so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to write my own show. No music. I'm just going to tell a story. And like, sorry, you were going that way. And I just was like. No, you know, that's exactly gonna... what oh, I was good. going for. Okay, fierce. Fierce. And then uh, that's like, I've never done that right. So thank you for you like, did it twice. There. Thank you. Um, so, so, uh, I wrote a show about something that I know and it's about manifesting. It's a, it's about annoying the universe so much that she gives you what you're looking for. And for me, that was like an intimate professional moment with Adina Menzel. And that's what Moo With Me is about. Hmm. And, um, I invited 10 friends to my apartment to hear the first read of it. And it was a disaster. It was like all of my friends, like trying to outwit each other with their notes uh, because they all didn't know each other but knew of each other and it was like this like crazy like all right guys uh i'm gonna need everyone to go because i'm just gonna i guess rewrite this now and i i was literally basically packing my bags to go to birthright i don't know why i did this but i wrote the show and i had this reading and then i went to go do 10 days in israel and then come back and two days later do this show. So I rewrote the show on the plane. I memorized it on a camel and um, literally memorized it on a camel. Um, and uh, 
What? <laughs> yeah. And then I I manned my table at Broadway Con. Um, so I was like going through my lines during the day, like man, like doing it, and then like talking to the people at Broadway Con. And then I had a show on the night of the third day of Broadway Con, and I just like did this fucking hour long show, just like. <laughs> talking for 55 minutes about Adina Menzel because what else am I going to do with my life? <laughs> How did it go? It was good. It was fine. The, you know, I, I did it again a few months later and, yeah. and now I want to do it again, but I, 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 it needs to incubate. It needs to like, I, I, there, it just needs to change. It just, you know, it's been already almost two years since then. So, and so many different things have happened in my life. So it's like, I just need to bring that. But hmm. why was I talking about my show? Maybe just because of like. We were talking about the moments. question of the day moments. And like after that, when I was done with that, I was like, I was just on a camel <laughs> and now I'm here. Hmm. And then like my best friend directed the show and like, he was, he rode me so hard and then like he was super proud of it and just hearing the laughs land and like just the, you know, just, just the pride of it and like the post show come down being like, all right, that was not an easy feat, but we did it. Yeah. Now on to the next thing. Yes. You know, that's, that's, those are moments that I, I love being at, being at opening Broadway show opening nights. I love those. I love it when, um, uh, 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 a, an actor that I'm kind of obsessed with comes into my studio for photos. And by kind of obsessed with, I mean, I listen to them front and back on cast albums when I was seven years old. And now all of a sudden they're like in my apartment. That's a lot. Yeah. It's it, but it's great. It's, um, it's exactly what I was, I'm here to do. Hell yeah. You know? And, and I think people feel comfortable with me because I don't, I don't fangirl over them. I do internally, but what I do is I make them feel super loved and important and special mm. because I know their careers. Like, so I'll go, all right, talk to me about this. So on this cast album, you have this one line that blah, blah, blah. I just want to know. You know what I mean? I have like specific things that I like actually like I've been waiting years to ask. Right. And so it's, it's funny because they're like, oh, you're not like, you're actually genuinely interested in the things that I that I created, you know what I mean? Right. And I think people like You're not just that. freaking out that you're seeing me. Right. It's like my work has obviously connected with you, and that's why you're so excited that our paths are crossing. Here, Speaking of paths crossing, yeah. there's so um, Heidi Blickenstaff um, from Title of Show. She was in Ursula and Little Mermaid. Um, she uh, and most re recently, Freaky Friday. She 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 did that all around the U.S. and then um, played the role in the Disney Channel original movie. She's amazing and a star. She's become a friend recently, and I shot her, and um, it was amazing. Flash forward to like two weeks ago, not two weeks ago, two weeks later, I had a client that was in the original cast of um, of Little Mermaid with with Heidi. And I, I, I was like, you know what? You'll know, you'll probably know the answer to this question. In part, in not part of your world, in Under the Sea, there's one, there's one part in the dance break where um, someone, some ensemble guy goes, hi. <laughs> 
And <laughs> I loved it. I Since the cast album came out in 2008, I always loved it. I always thought it was hysterical that some guy on the cast album, you know, goes, hi. <laughs> and you hear it in the background. And... Huh. um. And I was like, who is it? I'm obsessed with them. Whatever it is, I always, like, I have this, like, whole imagination. And he starts laughing. And he's like, that was me. Oh, whoa. And I was like, you're kidding me. I'm, like, obsessed with that. And he's like, and guess who I'm saying hi to? And I was like, who? And he goes, Heidi. So both of those people, it's, like, funny. You know what I mean? That's very funny. So that's what Moo With Me is about, my one-man show. It's about willing huh. it's like being so annoying to the universe that she gives you what you're looking for what you want so it's like little things like that i don't yeah. need lady gaga to come to my studio i i'm perfectly content with i mean that would be fucking cool but like maybe now that you said it i know right yeah but i but i i what i do love is like stories like that and like having women that i've seen you know on create uh men too but like create these roles that i'm always like you know i saw that and they're like how old are you you know what i mean i love right. those conversations I, and i love being able to give back and provide them with photos that they can then influence their next parts of their career with like i love that's that really special to me so. when did you discover your love for photography um i would say it was so i started practicing at my senior year of college for the vodka money but I would say what really happened was I was a child actor and um, I was super precocious. So acting came first? Acting came um, when I was about eight. Yeah. And then I started working professionally when I was 12. Cool. And um, what happened was in my first regional show, I like was obsessed with headshots and mm-hmm. I made the entire cast give me their headshot. And I would say this looks like you, this doesn't look like you, you Hmm. need a new one, blah, blah, blah. I was 12 years old, and I was saying, you need new headshots. So I always loved them. I always, like, for some reason, loved them. (laughs) Did people trust you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would trust you if you said that. Yeah. And and if you saw my headshot, that's the first thing you would say. Well, you know, Michael Kushner Photography runs Monday through Friday. Oh, dude, this is a (laughs) no-brainer. Yeah, come to the studio. We have fun. We have a good time. Okay. You'll meet my puppy. You know, we, we have a good time. It's like, you don't, it's, it's not a typical photo shoot. It's like we we just like listen to music and chill out and I we it's basically this but I happen to have a camera in my hand. It's Perfect. fun. It's super fun. It's super dope. Yeah, that sparks me. Good. I yeah. love that. It's all all about sparking shit. It is. Yeah. Oh, so um, photography? Yeah, what about it? That's when you found it? It's like you're just like, I love headshots. I want to do my, I want to make headshots. I want to yeah. do headshots. Yeah, I mean, not when I was 12, but my senior year was definitely the the start of it. But I went to Frenchwoods, which is a performing artsy boy camp, and my friend Tracy, she took photos of everything. She took photos of everything. Mm. And so those moments that we were talking about, were documented and when I was miserable in high school missing summer camp and I would go on Facebook because it was the start of Facebook 07 08 and I would scroll through the photos that were taken over the best summers of my life I really invested in photography I like was like these photos these photos helped me go back to where I was the happiest so I realized the importance of photography and then the start of social media being like photo, post, and people would go back to them 
you know, and be like, oh my God, I, I remember this picture. Like, what? And it started a sto- and it starts a story and it starts a conversation and it starts connection. And so I think photos have always been a huge part of my life, my family life. I love to like my, like looking at my great, great grandma, Ida. You know what I mean? And right. like being like, tell me, like, what do you remember? Like asking my grandma, like, what do you remember about her? Like, like what, like where was she? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's theatrical. It's storytelling. Yeah. And especially um, you talking about sharing photos with grandmothers. Mm-hmm. Like those are physical photos. Mm-hmm. And physical photos tell their own story. Yeah. So uh, like every time... I go back home. Well, most times I go back home. I either look for or my photo albums are within sight. And there's like a weird pull to that. You know, it's like as much as there is a pull, I also am like, I don't know if I want to go there. But it's like it's I'm not even like looking for an emotional journey. It's just I know like story is there like so many stories are there who touched them and you can see some like you can see some of the day of the photo on the photo uh-huh. like if it's a birth like this is a bad example but like a birthday you can see like that it was obviously handled at, at like a birthday or something like a little polaroid or something or like a lot of the times on the back uh, my mom would write in cursive mm. the day what it is and the date and it's like that is too much to it's good it's a time capsule. There's a, yeah. I love yearbooks too. I have one yeah. for every year. And there's a preschool yearbook that I have. And I remember eating a yodel, like a, you know, like a little Debbie uh-huh. yodel, yeah. the, the cakes with the swirl, you know? Yeah. And I, I know I want like six so of them right good. now. And I remember looking at the yearbook and eating a yodel and dropping part of it onto the yearbook. And when I was like five years old, and it's still like on the yearbook. Yeah, man. <laughs> isn't that insane? There's like a like a yodel. I guess I I want to know what it is now, but it's I guess it's like a stain, like a chocolate stain, like on one of the pages, and it's like that's to me hysterical one, and also like so on brand for me to like drop a yodel onto something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then also like. That talk about like the physical aspect of it, like you know, when my grandma would develop pictures, like she would handle them, you know, like right, like she would they, like those were touched and now they're in a photo album and preserved, like right, something about a physical photo that's like so the process and the process of it, yeah. I remember, used to um, develop doubles. Like in the nineties, yeah. What is that? Doubles, like when oh, you, when you yeah. would ask for your set, but. Doubles yeah. of each so of you them. Can give them yeah. to a family member. Or yeah, yeah. But someone brought that up recently. I think it was in a play I read, or you know, someone literally was like, "Remember when you used to develop doubles?" And I went back to. I got so excited because I remember I'd make my mom do Whoa. the one hour photography, the one hour, you know, development because I wanted those photos now. I know Whoa, the nineties, right? You're taking me back to a place where I smell mm-hmm. hot car like car cushions sure and i feel like that papery that thin paper bag with sometimes the heat of the photo or like i don't know if it was heat of the photos but it was just like that that bag like the heat of the car and that bag of the fresh photos yep when you're just like so excited to tear through them and discover those photos that you a are looking for and remember taking and then b the ones that you forgot yeah 
And then you're like, oh, I, re- I forgot that I accidentally, for me, the disposable ones, like, I forgot that I accidentally, f- I fucked up and clicked it mm-hmm. here. I wonder if it turned out okay. Right. All that's gone now. Yeah, it's so immediate. You know, I love taking pictures with my cell phone. It's immediate. It's, you know, it's a memory. It's, it is, but, you know, the, the waiting for the development and then the, the and blossoming. The, and then you have the, the blossoming, like what you were saying earlier. It, but like having it in your hand, being like, I'm going to frame this. Yeah. Or like putting it up on your wall or putting it in your wallet or something. Like that's, yeah. It's very, it's a special, it's a special thing. And, you know what? You offered uh, pictures for the studio, yeah. and I'm going to have to take you up because my dad, uh, via the app Marco Polo, which yes. we're also not, we're sponsored by Marco Polo. We're not sponsored by Marco Polo. <laughs> but maybe we will be. He said to put some, on the wall pictures of some of our sessions that we've had or oh my like God, good that's moments. Really great. He said it would give it a good flow. Yep. And I was like, I thought of like energy at flow of yep. like, oh, all of the past sessions and like where we are now and that's like such a cool idea so i mean do you have any ideas uh, of how we could do that sustainably yeah i mean you can there are those like there are those like instagram printing things where they do it in bulk it's like you know five by five squares oh yeah it's perfect you know you could do that um i mean it's what i love those because like you, you know go to old delis in the in the city and like you see those pictures like when like John Travolta went to the deli and they yeah. take a, the owner takes a picture with him and it's framed, but it's like from like 89, Yeah, you know, and it's yellow and it's, you see it, the time on it, you see its yeah. story. Yeah. And it's so good. And it like, yeah. it, it offers a, that feeling of home, that feeling of like nostalgia, you know, into, into just like a deli in New York city. You know what I mean? Like, and I love that. Like creating, I have it in my studio. I print my favorite photos and I frame them. Uh, one of them is my, my, one of my favorite photos I ever took. I, I photographed um, Brittany Johnson, who's the first black Glinda in Wicked. And it was a viral photo. It was like, it was very cool. It was featured on ABC News. It was, it was very exciting. And um, that's proudly framed in my studio. I also have another one that mm. I'm really proud of that was in vogue and the Tony Awards. Um, but I'm from, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, I don't want to say coincidental because I don't believe in coincidence, but I'm from Coral Springs, Parkland, which is where Stoneman Douglas is. My house is three minutes from Stoneman Douglas, which is where the awful shooting was, you know, two, almost two years ago. And I've been to that school a million times. I saw a million shows. My friends went there. And, the and the Broadway community is the first community to always respond to a tragedy, mm. to first respond, and so I was flown down. JetBlue sponsored us, and uh, Broadway Records produced this massive um, concert called "From Broadway with Love" um, to you know lift the spirits and raise money and march for our lives, you know all that good stuff, um, and. Uh, I photographed the event, the full the full day of it, from the rehearsals to the you know backstage to the performances. And there's one photo of that I remember taking. It's Callie and Matt um, and Matthew. Oh gosh, what the hell is his last name from Glee and um, Hairspray original Link. Um, Matthew. Mm, 
Cool, cool, cool. So um, uh, I'm trying to think of... You can look it up. Yeah, I'm going to look it up because I just like literally like in my own mind, I'm. it's going to bother me and I should know this, but okay, now... I'll I could start. also just use the iPad, which no, is it's what okay. it's here for. Matthew from Glee. Uh, Glee. Matthew Morrison. So... Um, there's this great, so they have this duet and Callie is one of the survivors of, uh, of Stillman Douglas and they did the duet and they high fived and right at the high five, um, I got this photo and like that was, and I literally remember looking at it and showing it to them being like, I fucking love this photo. And then that one went, um, that one was featured on the Tony Awards, um, cause they did a special on it at the Tonys cause Mel Hertzfeld, who I've known since I'm seven, hid 25 kids in the classroom while the shooter was active in the hallway and she got the Tony Award for Educator of the Year. And so when Matt Morrison came out in the Tonys to talk about the event, um, they blasted the photo on the screen. And so I was super proud of that moment um, to be a part of that healing process. So that's in my studio. So yeah, I think you should Mm. put different photos on here. It'll just add... And then you're gonna you're gonna love watching it grow and yeah and uh, it gets exciting it gets it gets exciting to do I think that you should totally do that yeah can I ask you a question that's kind of referencing something that we were talking about a while ago always uh, you've written piece, works yeah pieces and developed them and what's the name of the piece that you went back to and worked on several like several um, edits it's called of Moo with me Moo with me I yeah. didn't know if it was that one or didn't you talk about another piece mm. that you worked on? No, Move With Me was the it's the Adina piece. I, Have I, you written others? I've written um I've like guest written for like publications and oh, stuff cool. like that, but like that's the only play that I've I've written. Okay, so this question you can still help me. Yeah, totally. I in high school, my senior project was up to me. So I when it was my turn in class the teacher asked me what my idea was mm-hmm. or what my thesis was, if you will. And I said, I don't have a thesis, but I do have an idea. Yeah. And I want to write a musical, you know, and put it on, put it up at the school. Yeah. And she was like, you know, I think it's a little too late. I, I don't know if you'll be able to get the auditorium, like the space for it. Like, have you started writing? And I was like, no, like nothing. I have nothing, but I do have interest in the idea. I ended up doing it like, yeah, but it was like I was learning how to be a human still, but I was still learning like what story, like the first challenge that I came across was, wait, what story do I want to tell? Because I know I want to tell a story. Yeah. And the subject material that I went for at first was a little too heavy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't need to be heavy up in here. I don't need to be the next Chekhov. Right. Yes. Even though you know, maybe he's not that heavy for everyone. But so instead of trying to tackle the problem of homelessness in my hometown, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. I instead wrote a story about a fifth grader Mm -hmm. who has to move because their dad got a new job. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say they is because it could be any, anyone. I wrote the characters with like gender neutral names so that they could literally, the cast could be super interchangeable. I love that. 
so that'll Super that leads amazing. into something that I that I was gonna that I'm gonna say in a second, which is like I want to package it in a more educational way. Maybe yeah. try to use it in some schools. But so that's so basically, it's called Everyday Charlie. He's a uh, they. I I played it Charlie, so I, I'll refer refer to him as a he. Yeah, he's super smart. Um, he fit in. He found his place at the first school, and then when he had to leave. He had to first of all tell all of his friends and find a way to navigate that with nuance. But then he had to find his spot in the other place. Mm-hmm. And it's like I know everybody, especially kids, but everybody can relate to like walking into a new space and feeling uncomfortable and less confident than you were, even though you're the same person. It could happen in the same space, but you just go to a different area of conversation or the energy changes and all of a sudden you feel like you don't fit. Right. How do we live through that how do we do that while still being ourselves right that's my thesis Miss Bell anyway so uh it was a success it was really fun I worked really closely with this musician who helped me a lot I could not do it without him thank you Bill Alexson and he's an amazing pianist but basically I'm at the point now where I have to start rewrites and I don't know what to do because like I just don't know do I read it again do I have other people read it? When I go to rewrite it, do I expand? Do I press delete? What do I do? Do I start from scratch? Like, what did you do? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I just tried to uh, keep the truth and the honesty. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I don't think that there is a specific process for this. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. you can submit it to different places like musical theater factory and like get it incubated by different places, you know, like musical theater factory is one of the founding members there. I'm no, I no longer, um, I'm no longer staff there, but I am a, um, a friend of what they do. Um, but when I was there, we decentered, uh, whiteness in musical theater and produced new musicals free from the pressures of critical or commercial success. And Whoa. yeah, yeah. And did it for free too. Like it was, it was, it's, it's a very cool organization. So you can look into that. I and, will. Um, and basically like they'll give you the resources to, to get it back on its feet and, and get it in front of an audience and get it in front of other industry professionals and workshop it and all that stuff. But I mean, I don't know if you need to do that. If you have a show, I mean like get a few friends, read it, listen to what's honest for you. And, and I don't know, take it from there. Would you suggest like, at least for the rewriting or editing process, not reading it and just listening and hearing the story? Yeah, because if you get a group of new voices in the room, right? Right. And they are reading it and their voices lend to something that you never heard. Like one word can right. be said so differently and you're like, oh my God, that's the heart of the story. It's like hmm. that one line. It's like, who knows? All of a sudden you can be like, that's got to be a song. Like I have to take that one line and make that a song. Right. You know, it's like you never know what can come out of that. So yeah, right. take it off the shelves. I think as a joke, um, as a as a literal joke, because there's no way Disney would really let me do this. But when I was ten, I wrote a three act musical of the Haunted Mansion. 
Holy cow. Without any music theory or anything. I plugged in notes into Finale until it just like sounded good. Oh, you actually did it. I did it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like because I was getting bullied and I was like, this is more fun. <laughs> and, oh, for sure. You know, and like it's on my shelf in my studio. It's a blue binder Whoa. that I've had since I was 10. And um, I show it to my friends as a joke. And I think for my 30th, which is in two years... I want to produce it as written at 54 below is like my 30th oh, cool. birthday party. So like, I mean, it's all about intention is like, mm. do you want to produce this show and get it to, and get it touring across the U S with theater works? Are you, you asking me that? Like I'm, I'm I kind do. of more just like asking you about like what, yeah. what your intention with the piece is because. Oh, I get, I, I get you. I feel like this is a piece that's like perfect for theater works. Do you know theater works? Uh, I've heard of theater works. Yeah. I'm not like super yeah. up to date on everything they're doing. They are a touring company and they take, um, it's a theater for young artists touring company. And I feel like this is like a perfect story for them to like tell. So I don't know, cool. like it, like, do you like workshop it and figure it out and then sell it to them? you like, right. Like there are so many different options. So I think it just starts with your intention, like how you want this show to be seen. Right. It's where I am now is as simple as this. It feels like there's something still there. There's something yeah. that still needs to be said. And it was fun when I did it. Yeah. So why not do it now with the stuff I know now? Yeah. Because it's there. Like, I like musicals. It'd be cool to work on one of my own. So if I have one that could be revamped that a lot of people haven't seen, why not start there instead of like starting from like a empty page, you know, yeah. a blank page. I mean, even Sondheim's Saturday Night still gets, you know, produced. Hmm. And that was his first piece. It's not the best thing in the world, but like even his first piece still gets produced. So like you never know like what'll happen when you like, get this on its feet has legs and like, or this could be your best thing that you ever wrote. Like you never, you never yeah. know. I think people just need to, you need to get people in the room and, 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 and hear it. I think that cool. that's probably what the next yeah, step is. Yeah, that's not bad word. You know, I think that that is probably just, just let it breathe, let it exist, let it breathe, take it off the shelf, dust it off. And then see how it makes you feel. And you could either, you could either be like, this is brilliant. Like, I got to, like, fix this, blah, 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 where you could be like, this is shit. I'm no longer doing this. And, like, okay, next, you know, next. Right. Whatever. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, that's helpful. So I have two more things. Yep. And then after those two things, you can say whatever, you know, how in yoga where they're like, if there were any shapes that your body needs, yeah. go to those shapes now. I'll let you do that. I and you can that. plug all the things, whatever you want to do. Love it. But um, I was going to say... I was going to, because you already answered the question of the day, I was actually just going to have you ask me a question. Mm -hmm. mm. Because I've never had anyone ask me a question on this show before. I love it. And I don't want it to be, like, it's not a narcissistic thing. I'm just yeah. saying, I feel like this would be, it'd be right. Because yeah. you feel very, um, I... I feel, I want you to burp out a question. This would be my this would be my second question because I did ask you if um I asked you about like where you were 6 years ago because I wanted to relate Oh, that's true. I wanted to relate with you about like, you know, journeys, but let's see. A question for you would be 
Um, what is your intention as an artist? <laughs> it's my intention as an artist. It feels like it's always in flux. Mm-hmm. It's always changing with mm-hmm. where I'm at. So right, I can only answer that question for right now. Yeah, that's, I mean... My intention as an artist is to, with whatever I'm doing, with whatever medium I'm choosing to do, or even with whatever thing I'm studying, because right now I, I said I'm studying Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I'm, I do view that. I say this to people kind of as a joke, but I do mean it. I'm adding to my physical vocabulary. I've taken a lot of movement courses. I'm, I came from sports fell in love with theater, fell in love with a crush on stage who's my wife, that, and then I started theater. And I Who? Like, you? I know, I'm kidding. I know, I realized that right <laughs> after I said her name. That's called acting. Like, yeah, you, took, you got me. <laughs> that beat yeah. slapped. Talk about comedy. Remember we were talking about comedy? Yeah. Way to bring yeah. it back. Way to bring yeah. it back. It was a, you, you, uh, you have a good range, I will say. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um... So right now, my intention as an artist is to whatever I'm doing, to A, do it well. Like, I want to do it well. Yeah. And I want to, but this is why I want to do it well, is in hopes to bring clarity to anyone out there. And I say anyone because I almost said artists, but I want to bring clarity to other people's lives through my creative work. I got to this point where... I was acting and going to the EPAs and doing mm-hmm. the plays that don't pay anything. And it's like, I don't know what's going to happen, but maybe I'll meet somebody. Let, you know, I got to stay active type of thing. I was right. living the life. And I was like, wait a minute. I looked at my dad just because like he's, he does such practical work. Mm-hmm. He works for the church, which I don't want to do. Yeah. But he helps people every day in very practical ways. And I admire that. And I want to do that with my life. Right. But I want to do that with the gifts that I have. So I, so I don't really view any of the things that I've done in the past as a waste or as like detours to this main, like a main road. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is make all these weird side roads and back alleys and these avenues and all this, these turns and everything. I'm trying to make it like a, I'm trying to gain clarity to my map so that other people can navigate their own. And I think revealing the process of that and the struggle of that. Like I always, one of my friends pointed out that I'm always looking to learn a new skill and like to grind and to like swim upstream in that way, Mm -hmm. swim upstream in in that way. And I don't know what it is in me that wants to do that. But like today I went surfing for the first time. It was your first time? First time. Cool. I got up on a wave and literally... All I'm thinking about now is when I'm going to go surfing next and how oh I'm going to get better, you know? Cool. And I just can't help it. And it's not like a, I want to go That's get amazing. distracted type of way. It's like, no, I want to pour myself into Then just went, now. got him. <laughs> yeah, he did get me, dude. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, amazing. so it's like that. It's that, to bring intention, to help other people find their intention and bring it. Because I, I feel like there's, I grew up with so many creative people and we said all this shit growing up, like, we're going to do this, let's do that. And then we grew, air quotes, grew up, mm-hmm. and all these people stopped doing those things. And I'm here still doing those things, trying to find other people that still want to do those things. It's like, no, let's keep playing. Let's keep pouring ourselves into things that we just like to do because we're interested in them. Yep. We live in a time and a place where we can do that. And there are other people out there that can value from 
other people living their lives like that. A good a good way to connect that is what we were talking about earlier with coincidence and like ghost experiences. Mm-hmm. It's like we are when we're born, you know, that's why everyone says like kids see ghosts more than you know what I mean? But then we shut it off because we start to explain it, we start to justify it. And that's the same thing with art, with what you're saying. It's like we we go for the logistics, we go for the safety, we go, that's gonna pay my rent. That's going to help me do this. That's going to help me survive. It's all about survival. And and when we survive, we close off things that, you know, don't help us survive. And staying creative for some people, that's like, okay, I have creativity, but that's not going to help me pay the bills. So, and then they close the door on that one. And then they're stuck behind their day job. And that's fine. Like people have day jobs. That's great. I try not to call them survival jobs. I try to call them for now jobs Hmm. so that Hmm. I have clients. I have so many clients that come in. They're like, I don't know. Just my survival job is tearing me apart. I'm like, survival is so negative. Yeah. You know, survival. I'm like, I feel like you're like, you're, you're swimming. You're trying to, you're trying to tread in the ocean and you're surviving Surviving. all of that energy. Right. If you look at for now job, you go, okay, I'm in this, I'm in this space right now for now and I will be out of it shortly. It's for now. And then it's not positive or negative really. Yeah. It's it's, open. Yeah. It's just open because you never know. Like when I, my first survival job or my first for now for now job, I had was um bef- was uh I was working at a store called Saban, which is an Israeli skincare store, and I was cool. washing people's hands. That's what I was doing, and I met some really cool people there. Actually, some awful people, but some really cool people. Hmm. And um, uh, you know, one one guy happened to be a really actually well known director, and I got an audition. You know what I mean? Like just from like selling him like a a a a, a soap, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like it's like if, if we looked at for now jobs like that, be like, hey, you never you never know what connection I'll make today, you know, ex- what whatever. But to tie that into what you're talking mm-hmm. about, I think that under like not closing off our impulses and understanding like why we do what we do is super important, and then. Yes everyone else will follow because as long as you're secure with what you do, you know, yeah, like what you're saying, it's like, my, that's my intention. It's like, then I have no yeah. choice but to believe you and to say, you know, who does a really good job with that? You are, you know, who, you know who I would trust in my life with that is Michael. And then all of a sudden, like now you're going from gig to gig to gig because people are just trusting you with, with what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I like could not have said any of that uh without you or uh better. Oh, thank you. Uh, by myself. Of course. Or with another guest. Yeah. Fuck all my other guests. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. No. Your name's Michael. Me. We're both can- cancers. I feel like I got to be like loyal. Yeah. Be a little um tribalistic. That's a oh, yeah, it's primal. Yeah, so I was going to say uh one, I had two more yeah. things, so this is the second thing. Okay. Well, there's also a little thing I needed to plug in. We you said Earlier in the podcast, whoa, thanks, I never did this right. And I said, you did it twice for yeah. the listeners. 
because we're not live yet. Right. We fist bumped, right. and he did it right. He did it correctly twice. So that's what we did if you were like, what in the fuck were they talking about? I'm not a good fist bumper, so like that was really awesome. <gasps> yes, you are. Third time. Third time. Yeah. We um, fist bumped again. We did. We fist bumped, in case you were wondering. Every so, time. yeah. Speaking of folding in and yeah. the infinity, right? Like things like uh, the multi-tool, like uh, the hyphen. What is it called? The hyphen art? Multi-hyphenator. The multi-hyphenator. Yeah. It also that also sounds like a really dope like toaster oven or something, well, right? Well, it helps also the brain with the people that did like the AP classes and they're artists that need to see something that's like lucrative or mm-hmm. like see something that lucrative is that the right? I yeah, guess? yeah, financially lucrative. Yeah, see something. Yeah, financially lucrative, but also like on paper, like it being like an equation. Oh, that's what kind of I was so tired of people going. Um, yeah, but what do you do? And I was like, yes. instead of just being like, I do it all, and people being like, you can't do it all. And I go, well, fuck off, I do. And now this is what I say when people say, but what do you do? Well, I have multiple proficiencies that cross-pollinate to help flourish professional capabilities. Whoa. And they just go, okay. <laughs> As opposed to me being like, I do everything, they just go, <clears throat> Sure. It seems like you thought about that. I love that you did that. You yeah. just you were like, I'm gonna create an answer. Yeah. That's a confident answer. Yeah. And say it and then people will take that. I tried to create it like it was like a scientific equation, literally, because it's like A plus B equals C. Yeah. I have multiple proficiencies. Sure. That's A. And I cross pollinate them. Okay. And it equals uh, multiple proficiencies cross pollinate. Uh, to create professional capabilities. That's what <laughs> I had to like think about. Like what? Yeah. So it's like that's it's a lot, but a plus b equals it makes c. Makes sense. Yeah. Right. But it's like a, it's like a shoe flyer. It's like that's the definition. Leave me alone. Let me continue to produce shit and photograph right. shit and act in shit. I don't need you to tell me what I do and don't do. Yeah. Right. And I okay. So I want this podcast to be a place where people of all kinds can plug in and and like feed off of that energy. Yeah. If you're out there, artist or not, and you're like, I, I'm not, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do, and people constantly ask me, what do you do? What do you do? That's not really helpful, or like, it, it, it doesn't. You don't need to have a succinct answer in order to be living and be happy yeah. and, and be doing the things that you love. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to be able to define it. But I think it's cool that you did. So maybe you're encouraging people out there to do that, but I want this conversation to add to the dialogue that is looking for artists. Yeah. So thanks for everything that you've like added to that. And it, and just like the pictures on the wall, like this will carry forward. Yeah. And, and Ben and I were talking about this earlier, hopefully like the things that I've gained from you today, I can not only help and give to other people, other guests coming forward, but everyone listening to this because you know, by remaining open, I have this podcast. Yeah. I wasn't even planning to make this. This was a byproduct of Rock Rising, which is a, the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's just kind of cool that when you remain open, you're here, and I, I'm sitting across the table from you, and now I'm able to give that to other people. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome, and thank you for for that. I mean... Just just trying to remain open and just, you know, follow impulses, too. That's a yeah. big one is to just, like, and, you know, I think that our guts are right. I mean, we have, we have brain matter in our guts, you know, so we have that gray matter. So it's kind of like, do we actually think 
with our guts? Like, do we, you know what I mean? So it's kind of yeah. like, you know, when I have that moment of, I try also to never cross my arms or cross something because then that closes off my core. I try not to do I this either. I try really hard, but it's, yeah. it really is just physically comfortable. It is. You know, but, but I really but try. Is, here's the thing. A lot of reward, especially in this life, comes from being in things that make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. working, if you want muscles, you have to work out. Like yeah. working out is uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, it's totally, no, it's totally, I mean, everything takes right. work. So know, maybe so. crossing your arms is comfortable, sure. Yeah. Does that mean that it's good for you or people around you? Maybe right. not. Okay, so maybe you got to be a little discomfortable, right. uh, uncomfortable to have a good community or society. I don't know. No, it's true. Who knows? Maybe I'm just like bullshitting at this point. Do you have anything you want to plug, say, um, share before would, we go? Uh, oh my gosh. I think, I think I said, well, that I got to say, and you know, I'll come back next time when I have more stuff, but thanks. Always welcome. Um, just social media is important. So you can find me on Instagram at the Michael Kushner. Um, on my other Instagram account is the dressing room project. And that's where I photograph, well, you know, all my backstage Broadway stuff. Um, Twitter, um, I'm, um, M Kushner photo, I think is what I am now. Um, but yeah, and then if you want to like see my, my work and stuff, I'm michaelkushnerphotography.com or michaelkushneronline.com. But yeah, Instagram is pretty much where I do the most of my, my twerking. So, um, you know, that's always good. Uh, keep in touch with me through there. And then, um, yeah, that's, I just want to say thank you guys for having me in your space and talking about so much good juicy stuff because it's always good to talk about this with, with other people that get it <laughs> yeah you know they can handle the juice yeah because it's not it's not like it's not yeah handle the juice bb i want a shirt that says that you got the juice i do got the juice okay that's what all the boys say anyway so hey, um, got <laughs> no but um but i i you know it's it's like um you know, there's there's so much goodness in this business and what we've chosen to do that, and we do have power. People think we don't have power, but we do. So we might as well start honing it in. And I want to um, inspire people to do that. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank do you. you want to run this podcast? <laughs> no, you're doing a great job. Okay, I thanks. tried. I tried doing a podcast. I tried and. I'm still trying, but it's literally the hardest fucking thing I've ever done. I would life. listen to it. I did two episodes and literally like I've recorded another one. And then by the time I get around to editing it, it's already like old information. Yeah. I, like it's really difficult and I got to figure that out. But yeah, but I commend you for doing it. It's very hard. Thanks. Yeah. Congrats on this. Keep it up. All right. Thank you. I think we get in there. Yeah. Do thank you, you. Do you want to like... I know your musical theater. What? You want to sing yourself out or something? So long, farewell, la vida and goodbye. How's that? That's great. That's yeah, when thanks. the outro music fades in. Oh, I love that. That's perfect. All right. Thank <laughs> you for coming. Thank you. From one Michael to another. From one cancer to another. <laughs> oh, with our crab claws. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the dumbest sign for cancers, but like, I get it. I get it, because when we get super emotional, we're like... No, I'm going to show you how I feel. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, we're just like chilling yeah. underneath the waves. Yeah, just it's kind of true. Just kind of boink, boink. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to be loved. 
just a cancer. Looking for artists. <laughs> yeah. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram. And if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.